Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we are going to dive into food cravings. We did an episode right before the new year talking about food cravings. That was like a broad generalization of food cravings. In today's episode, we're going to dive into some of the psychological, physiologic um, reasons for food cravings. And then also, which I think is a little fun, is is why certain people crave sweet food and other people um, crave salty foods. One thing that I want you to understand as we start thinking about food cravings is understanding that food cravings are not hunger. So I'll say that again, food cravings are not physical hunger. What food cravings are are this like strong desire and urge to eat something. And why food cravings matter is that if you are trying to make changes in your life, then it's important to understand why you're engaging in some of the behaviors that you're engaging in. And so thinking about food cravings and some of the foods that you crave and some of the reasons why you crave those foods can help influence your behavior in the long term. I think a lot of us just think like, oh, I'm just craving something. And so it's just trying to figure out is there something that um, that can be helpful to change that behavior. And that's what we're going to explore today. In the past, a lot of the old research really focuses on that there is this psychological component to food cravings, which we all know, right? But more recent research also focuses on the physiologic components of um, food cravings. And if you're a woman who's ever had a period in your life, you know that with like changing hormone levels or times of the month, you are probably going to crave certain foods. So I don't think that's anything new to you. It's just newer to the research. When it comes to the psychological factors, um, in terms of food cravings, which I believe all of us probably do both psychological and physiologic, except the physio, I, I think they're just both really hard to, to manage. Although I think we're probably much more aware of the psychological components of it. So when we talk about this psychological, like craving for different foods, it usually ends up being that there is some kind of trigger. And for the psychological component, it could be like um, a thought, a feeling, you maybe feel tired or maybe you think like, oh God, I did, maybe you have a lot of shame about something or you had a shitty day. So that's your trigger. It could also be like the time of day, seeing a certain food that maybe triggers you to want to or to start to crave a certain food. Then you have the habit, like the thing that you're always doing to get to the actual end, which is the reward. And so you have something that's triggering you to want to crave this food. You have the habit of actually probably eating the food. And then you have the reward, which is that you get comfort or you release stress or you have that numbing feeling that you are so wanting to get from the food. So you have all the things, you have the trigger, you have that you're actually eating the food, and then you have the reward for that trigger in the sense that you are 
providing comfort to yourself. Um, you are releasing any discomfort or anything that is that the goal of what you're trying to get in terms of having the food craving in the first place. And so a lot of that work, the psychological um, cravings work was trying to change the habit so that you always have the trigger. You're always going to have the reward, but what can you do to change the habit? And so that's where a lot of the focus was. And then trying to teach your brain to do a new habit. And so the key to all that was that you would change the habit and then you would replace the old routine with the new routine that you wanted, but you would still get the same reward out of it. Now, more recently in the research, there is this idea that there are so many physiologic things happening in, happening in your body that are also contributing to food cravings. And I find this very comforting, so perhaps you do too, because I think sometimes with food cravings, we focus so much on what is our fault and what we can do differently. But knowing that it's such a bigger issue, I think can be really, um, can provide you with a sense of comfort, like that it can kind of take some of the blame off of you. Um, because I think as women, that's what we do. We blame ourselves for, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. But there are also some things going on that are working against you. Not that you can't change them, but I think that it's important to understand that there's some other things so that you can dive a little bit deeper to figure out if there's anything um, that is happening within your body that is causing food cravings as well. Some of the physiologic, some of the physiological things that cause food cravings is what I already mentioned that you could have a time of the month where you are either menstruating, maybe you're perimenopausal, menopausal, where you're going to have those fluctuations in hormones, and that may cause you to crave certain foods. Um, you may be somebody who has been sleeping terribly or you don't get enough sleep most nights. Adults need about seven hours, plus or minus an hour or two. And so lack of sleep can lead to hormonal imbalances that can increase our cravings. Also, you have these stress hormones that can be released in your body, um, mostly cortisol and dopamine. And if you are in a place where you are in this constant state of stress or even periods of stress, that can also lead you to crave certain food items. And there are certain foods that you are going to crave more because they are more in our food supply. And those particular foods tend to be either sweet or salty and have an addictive component to them for some people. So it's important to remember that there are a ton of different things going on that make you unique um, in the sense that as women, we are going to have fluctuating hormone levels and you have probably like a good period of time where your hormones are going up and down all of the time. I was just thinking about this, like if you, you know, in your 30s to your 50s, you're essentially in this phase that you may be having children. So you're going to be having changes in your menstrual cycle. You may be perimenopausal. So you're going to be having changes to your hormone levels, or you could be postmenopausal and have changes to your hormone levels. So you have like these like 
at least 20 years where your hormone levels are going up and down. And so it's trying to figure out what it is for you that might be contributing to the cravings and just kind of being aware of that to figure out if there's something that you can do to kind of help manage that, especially since you don't know when they're going to stop. So, you know, with the hormonal fluctuations, we know that that's going to influence your hormones and that could increase your food cravings. Some people will have sweet cravings during certain phases of their menstrual cycles. Some of the other things that are maybe going to cause some physiological changes um, or that we can relate to physiological changes when it comes to cravings is that you may be in need of a specific nutrient that perhaps you're not getting enough of that and so your body is telling you that you need it. It could even be like that you need a quick energy source. So you're going to go to something that can be really sugary that you can get that quick fix. Or you may be, you know, dehydrated or you could be deficient in sodium. And so that might be something why you're craving salty food. And it's also important to understand that genetics plays a key role here too when it comes to cravings and in particular what kinds of foods you crave. You may be and have a pre um, a pre a genetic predisposition to foods that are sweet and then you may have a heightened sensitivity to salt which may lead you to prefer foods that are saltier. And then also there is a cultural and upbringing component um, that, you know, may be related to taste preferences, which also can, can influence whether you crave sugary or salty foods in terms of your cravings. It's important to first understand as we dig in, like, are you somebody who is a sweet are you somebody who's like craving sweets or are you somebody who's craving like salty foods? And some of the, some of the understanding of why we crave um, sweet foods could be that there is this evolutionary root that we have this preference for like um, sweetness that has been hardwired in our brain um, over time and evolution. There is this idea that there is some sweetness that's desired for our brain chemistry to release these really great feel-good hormones um, like dopamine that creates this sense of pleasure when we eat things that are really sweet and especially becomes especially rewarding when we are you know needing comfort or some kind of like an increase in our mood And then also we crave things that are sweet when we are, maybe our blood sugar levels are low or we need this like quick brain, um, you know, energy boost, or maybe we are just in a place hormonally that we are in a particular place of our cycle that we need to have that sweet foods. Again, some of the things that are going to increase that, 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 need to have sweet foods tend to be stress. So if you're somebody who stress eats, you may notice that you're craving things that are particularly um, sweet. If you don't sleep that well, you may notice that you are craving sweet food items. 
And particularly if you're having a change in your hormonal levels, that may make you um, crave sweet foods in particular. Also, if you are somebody who eats like a lot of high carbs at your meals, you may notice that you are overindulging in some of these carbohydrates, which is also leading you to feel like, oh my gosh, I want something sweet. And that could mean that maybe you have like an imbalance or you're not having enough um, of proteins and fats also in that meal so that you are continuously craving sweets. I don't know about you, but I'm somebody who always is like craving something sweet after I eat. And so it's always, it's always hard to try to figure out like, is it, did I not eat enough at that meal that was enough balanced? Or is it something that's more habitual because that's what I do all the time. And so it might be something like that for you too. Like, is it, if you're craving something like a sweet while you're watching TV or at the end of the night? Is it in fact that you are, that you maybe didn't eat enough and you are actually hungry? Or is it more that you are just having this craving because it's something that you do every night and so it has become habitual? And so that's why it's important to kind of really understand like if it's something that's going on within you or is it something that it's an emotion that you're trying to quelch? Also, I think it's interesting to note like what you see on TV, it sure does have a lot of influence um, on what you do in terms of what you desire to eat. Um, For instance, I think about like if I'm watching TV and there's people drinking wine, well, I might be like tucked in for bed and ready to go to bed. And then all of a sudden, because I've seen something on TV, now I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like I need to have a glass of wine because I've seen it on TV. So also don't undervalue um, the the impact of that marketing and what we see and what our brain responds to um, in terms of cravings because it's pretty powerful. Now, some people will have an allure or be really drawn to having salty foods and as a way to really quench any cravings that they have. And salt is something that is essential for like all of our bodily functions. And we need to have a balance between salt and between fluid, right? So we know that there is, you could be somebody who is craving salty foods because maybe you are dehydrated or maybe you have had, or maybe you're dehydrated. So maybe you're somebody who is on a diuretic, so you're on some kind of water pill, which may leave you craving more salt foods. Um, Perhaps you're somebody who just exercise and you sweat profusely and you're trying to replace any of those losses. So that could be water or salt because you have just lost it all in your sweat. Or you may be somebody who um, maybe you were sick, so you were having diarrhea or you were having vomiting and you've lost some fluid and some salt. And so then you need to replace those losses. Now, I will say I'm a little hesitant to say, you know, I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there right now where people are like, just add a teaspoon of salt. I think um, I would never recommend that, especially I think a lot of times they are geared to healthy people that maybe don't have any um, other comorbidities, but especially if you're somebody who is 
more at risk for high blood pressure um, or stroke or something like that, I would not be like, hey, replace, you know, just have extra salt on top of it. I think that's something that's very individual um, because salt and sugar, for that matter, both of them can be harmful when you're taking too much of it in. That's why we're talking about it. And that's probably why we crave those things. And so it's important to understand, is it something that is imbalanced in what you're eating on a daily basis? Or is it something that's, that's, there's another factor here and other factors when it comes to salt, although I think it can also be related to sweets as well, is this idea of salt and sugars being added to provide flavor. And so are you somebody who is enjoying salt or sugar to enhance your food and make it more enjoyable? Most people aren't adding sugar to their food. It's usually that they're adding salt as a way to make their meal more enjoyable and more to their palate. Sugar in general is going to be added to food as is salt. So it's just important to understand that you may have a preference for sweet or salty foods stemming from this habitual flavor enhancement that you have according to what foods you consume most days. And then also it's important to understand that there is an amount of salt and sugar that you're eating daily um, and that's going to be that's going to be according to what foods you consume. And the more important thing here is to understand that that can contribute to increasing your cravings because over time, your taste buds are going to adapt to what it is that you're consuming and you're going to require high levels of either salt or sugar for the satisfaction and to and to get to a place that you're able to quench that craving that you have. So there's a lot of things that are not just psychological. There are going to be physical components to it. And there's also going to be things that are happening unique to you and your body according to um, what is happening at this particular time, according to disease state, according to the foods that you eat, um, maybe culturally how you were raised and what your taste buds have adjusted to over time. I mean, I know that you all know that because I feel like we all have these time periods where we might be like craving foods that we normally don't crave. And maybe it could be coming off of like a holiday. So maybe in December, you eat lots of like sweet foods. And then now all of a sudden you find yourself in this place that like you're craving more and more sweet foods than you normally do. Well, that might be because that your taste buds adapted to eating all that sweet food and you kind of need to reset that because your level that you need to consume to really feel satisfied has increased. And so now we're going to talk about like some strategies to really help manage the cravings because again, too much of either sugar or salt, depending on whatever you prefer, can have and result in negative health consequences. So what I would first say is to really look at what it is that you're eating and trying to figure out if what you're eating in terms of your meals are balanced. So I am never somebody who says, take out this food and take out that food. I think that's a big red flag because our bodies do a really great job of telling us what we need based on what we're lacking if we are able to really start listening to it. 
And a lot of times we don't listen to it because there's so many messages that we're getting out to out there from other sources that it causes us to become really disconnected from our bodies. But one of the things that you can do and that you can start doing today is really looking at what it is you're consuming and looking to see and ensure that it's more balanced. And when we talk about balance, we're talking about you're incorporating foods like fruits and veggies and whole grains and proteins and fats, that you're incorporating all of these things because all of these things together will help with the cravings and it will help with the hormonal levels too. So if it's a craving not related to hunger, it will help. And if it's if it's a craving related to an imbalance in your hormones, it will help too. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, especially like if the morning I'm thinking in particular, I think that's usually a meal where there's a lot of more imbalance. It can be more like carb-rich foods because they're really easy to get. So it's really easy to just get grab like a croissant or Danish or um, waffles or something like that in the morning and just eat that alone. But perhaps mixing that up and putting other nutrients in there by adding some kind of nut butter on your waffle or adding eggs or some kind of or some kind of fat will really help you get to a point that you know that you're able to feel a little bit more full and that it doesn't result in you feeling like you're craving something because you're not getting it. And so it's just really looking at all of your meals and figuring out how nutritionally balanced they are. I am also a fan of having either a protein or fat at most meals because I think as women over 40 in particular, especially Um, if you're increasing your exercise somewhere along the way, I think those nutrients are pretty important in general. Um, and I'm not just solely focused on protein. I know there's a lot of that out there, but I think it's having an, having a balance of all, I think you need all of them. So I would never say cut out your carbs or, or, you know, decrease one for another. I think you need all of them in order to really fulfill and, and really quench that, that, that that desire for the cravings that you may have and helping your hormones in general. If you're somebody who is craving salt, really looking to see like, are you dehydrated? That's a really big one. And what can you do to really quench that if you do feel like you are eating pretty nutritionally um, balanced? And so that may involve you adding other flavors because if your food is always enhanced with salt, maybe adding other flavors to really start to change your taste buds so that you can get used to having other flavors too. So that could be whatever that looks like to you. That could be garlic, that could be herbs, that could be peppers. Um, Any spices to you that can really like give you a a palate that has other um, flavors instead of just the salt. I work in a dialysis clinic and so this is something that we talk about a lot with patients because there is they're not allowed to have a lot of salt. It's like a low salt diet, so it's this way of like trying to really put other flavors in there so that you feel that you're able to be satisfied. One other thing that works too is adding citrus to some of your foods that can also help hopefully satisfy a little bit more of that salt craving that you have. 
And then also really trying to figure out snacks that you can get um, that like crunchy, salty feeling and mixing it with something sweet. So for instance, that could be like having veggies that, that tend to quelch that like crunchy, salty craving with like some kind of like either dip or um, like a ranch dip or like some kind of hummus so that you can start to change your taste buds. And if you're somebody who's craving something sweet, adding adding something that has protein and fat. So I like for sweets, I like to do like either a Greek yogurt um, and adding some either hemp seeds or some unsalted nuts like almonds or something like a cottage cheese. Same thing, adding hemp seeds. If you want to do small bites of like raspberries, certainly do that. And then also adding some unsalted nuts works great if you're looking for something to kind of help. And that might just mean that like you are you are desiring something that has a little bit more protein or fat too because you haven't consumed a meal that balanced you in that way. Or maybe it was very carb rich and you need it to have other nutrients too. So if you're having cottage cheese or yogurt, that will give you some protein and some fat depending on how much fat is in those particular foods. The next thing I would say, the next strategy besides your diet is looking at your hydration status. So you could be dehydrated, which could be causing you to crave salt, or perhaps you are craving something really sweet and that, that feeling that you're, you know, that feeling that you're really hungry isn't really that. It might just be that you are just really thirsty. And so a lot of times I think we'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm hungry. I need a snack. But if you really like pull it back, it's not true hunger. You might just be really thirsty. And so really trying to establish what that looks like for you and looking at your hydration status, looking at what you drank for the day and trying to like figure out if maybe I need to drink a little water first before I eat something because maybe that will quench it. And then lastly, trying to find some techniques that will help you um, that you can, if it is psychological, that you can replace that habit with something else. So if you feel like you're eating because it's more habitual, then trying to figure out like what you can do to replace that routine. Do you need to do some mindfulness? Do you need to do, do you need to go for a walk? Do you need to journal? What is going to help you um, find that reward that you're looking for that can provide you with some comfort or some numbness that you're looking for that can replace what you're doing right now? And I would say exercise is great because it really helps with not only the psychological component of it, but also the physiological component. So if you're having these different hormones that are fluctuating in your body or these stress hormones that are going around, or maybe it's related to lack of sleep, any of the things we mentioned, exercise in itself can help all of those. It can help balance your hormones. It can help you with getting like more adequate sleep. It can help with replacing the habit that you're doing. So I do encourage exercise if you can do that um, as a way to really help kind of manage everything and really kind of put you in a place that you're able to be a little bit more focused on what it is that's happening in your body. So in conclusion here, I want it to just, you know, I want you here in this podcast episode to understand the reasons why you may be having some cravings. 
um, whether that is sweet or salty, so that it can empower you to make mindful choices. And having this knowledge and acknowledging that there are other reasons that you're having cravings that are bigger than just that psychological or habitual component and that there may be a biological component and also the way that our food is made and how it is marketed to us can all you know can all help in having you strike a balance that can promote both your physical and mental well-being in your journey to health wellness and self-care and so remembering that in all of this moderation is key And embracing a diet that is diverse, that is nutrient-rich, that is not devoid of big macronutrients like carbohydrates, that you probably need all of your nutrients to be diversified and to be at most meals, can lead to not only feeling like it's helping with your cravings, but it can also help with understanding and providing a healthier relationship with food. And that's the goal of this podcast is to really make you understand that there's so many other factors than just blaming yourself that contribute to this relationship that you have with your body, with food, and understanding that there's a lot of external things that are happening that influence that as well as some internal things that are biological that might be something that maybe you hadn't considered. And the goal of all of this is to empower you with food and to empower your relationship with food. So I thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys back here next week.